0: Hi, my name is Amy Fru, and today I am hosting Reigns of Change. We are a channel dedicated to discussing the tragic stories of women in Turkey who were murdered under different scenarios and reasons. However, all these women share one thing in common. Their murders were orchestrated by men. Today, our focus is on Ozgijan Aslan, a woman who was killed in 2015. We have invited our young researcher, Sira Yunolaz, who became intrigued by Ozgijan. She was the inspiration for Sira's Harvard Global Women's Essay Contest. Actually, Sira was also a winner on the domestic and international level discussing her murder. Having conversations with Sira, I was happy to learn that she tries to educate the outside world on the violence that Turkish women face and why dismantling Istanbul Convention in 2021 has made their situation worse. Please note that listener discretion is advised as violence against women, sexual assault, and murder is mentioned. So let's begin. Hi, Sarah, and welcome. Can you tell us why you're so passionate about women's rights in Turkey? Thank you for having me.
1: During the onset of COVID 2020, the black and white challenge on Instagram started in Turkey and it went viral. Whenever I was scrolling on Instagram, Turkish women were showing their pictures in solidarity for the scores of women who were losing their lives during the midst of global pandemic because many Turkish women suddenly found themselves battling to stay alive in their homes with their abusers. Becoming interested in this topic, I stumbled upon a website that was a death tracker which documented the deaths of Turkish women. It was started during 2008 and it is still running to date. It is actually a real time reminder of how Turkish women who were murdered are no longer with us to keep their stories alive and hopefully prevent the deaths of subsequent women via education and policy.
0: Yes, when you told me about the online death tracker of women in Turkey, I became intrigued and looked at it myself. It was really disturbing how when I clicked the names of the women, their photos were then presented and it gave the, you know, their date of death and the area they were from in Turkey. Can you tell us what is the approximate number of women killed during in Turkey during 2023? Today, I checked and unfortunately, there are 160 Turkish women dead. Wow, that figure is really riveting. Can you all articulate your thoughts on
1: this? Sure. As I reflect upon this digital memorial for women killed by violence, I am overwhelmed by a mix of different emotions. It is definitely a profound and heart-wrenching testament to the devastating impact of gender-based violence. I wonder, were they just counting numbers? Each name, each story represents a life unjustly taken, a vibrant flame extinguished too soon. When I click on each name, there is the name, age, date and the news about why she was killed, as if a reason can justify the murder. It really breaks my heart to think about all of these.
0: So it is clear, gender violence in Turkey has been a persistent issue. Yet why was Özgecan's case so significant? And can you also
1: give our listeners a brief intro to who Özgecan was? Yes, so Özgecan was born into a poor Alevi Turkish family who traced their origins to Tunceli. She was a first-year psychology student in Chao University in Tarsus. She was born and raised in Mersin, and she wanted to study psychology, for which she had developed a strong passion while she was studying at the tourism high school. Her parents were supportive of her, with her mother returning to the workforce in order to fund her education and to augment the 50% scholarship she had earned. At the time of the murder, her father lacked a permanent job, but normally he was a graphic designer. Özgücan was planning to work at a hotel in Northern Kryptos during the summer to help with her fees as well. She had an elder sister who was studying opera and singing in Adana. Özgücan was also described as an avid opera listener and reader. So simply, she was a young woman trying to attain upward mobility and become a productive member of society like millions of other Turkish women. Can you then go ahead and give us the
0: details to Özgecan's murder and how the crime against her
1: played out? I recall the day very vividly. On February 11, 2015, Özgecan Aslan, a 19-year-old university student, was kidnapped, raped, tragically murdered, and burned by the minibus driver Ahmet Sofi Altundakan while on her way home from school here in Turkey. After committing the crime, Altındöken enlisted the help of his father, Necmettin Altındöken and a friend, Fatih Gökçe, to dispose of the body. After they were arrested, Altındöken was jailed for life and later was shot dead. The crime came to light when Özgecan's burnt remains were discovered. Her case shocked the nation and sparked a widespread outrage, leading to massive protests and demands for justice. The incident became a symbol of perceived issue of violence against women in Turkey, and it drew attention to the urgent need for measures to address gender-based violence and ensure the safety of all women.
0: Can you share with listeners your earliest memory of the movement that Özgücan's murder actually inspired throughout Turkey?
1: Sure. I remember that many people, including my family and I, hit the streets with anger and frustration after her funeral. We were protesting how a teenage girl's life, dreams, and hopes were all dissipated in the air as she took her last breath. The streets were filled with a sea of voices demanding justice. There were passionate chants and heartfelt slogans echoing through the city, Enough is enough. Badrens and protests with Özgecan's face were held high, symbolizing the fight for justice and the need to protect women from harm. The atmosphere was electric, charged with an unwavering spirit of solidarity and hope. We raise our voices for not just Özgecan, but for every woman who had suffered at the hands of violence. The protests serve as a powerful reminder for all of us that violence against women is not an isolated incident, but it's actually a systematic issue that demands urgent attention.
0: I know that this case made international news to spread awareness throughout the MENA region. Do you feel that these protests and efforts
1: were effective or were they in vain? So, through these protests, Özgecan Aslan became more than a name. She became a symbol of resilience. She became a symbol of catalyst for change. And her story resonated with people across the country and even beyond its borders. And the protests sparked conversations in homes, workplaces, and schools. It shed light on the harsh reality of gender-based violence and need for societal transformation. Personally, as I reflect on those protests, I am reminded of power of unity and the strength of collective action. The memory of those demonstrations continues to inspire me to stand up against injustice and advocate for the rights and safety of all women. It is really hard to admit that Özgecan is dead, but at least there is this one thing. Özgürcan's legacy lives on through the countless individuals who carry her spirit of resilience and work tirelessly to build a world free from violence and inequality. Thank you, Sarah, for providing that context. How did Özgürcan's
0: case impact conversation around women's rights and gender-based
1: violence throughout Turkey? Her case served as a catalyst for a larger discussion on women's rights, gender-based violence, and demands for change. Following her tragic death, there was an increased focus on implementation of stricter laws, improvements in the justice system's response to gender-based violence cases, and the need for better prevention strategies. The case sparked conversations about societal attitudes towards women and the importance of education and awareness.
0: Now let's discuss the importance Ozgijan's funeral in a religious and cultural context. This is very different because it was quite different to how a normal person who passes, how their funeral goes.
1: How was her funeral such a significant event and why? I can definitely say that her funeral became a pivotal moment in Turkey because it symbolized the collective anger, frustration, outrage and solidarity of the nation in the face of violence against a woman. It turned into a national moment, actually, drawing attention to the wider issue of violence in general. Even though my family and I were not able to attend, the funeral was attended by thousands of people, including women's rights activists, citizens, and politicians from various parties. The massive turnout demonstrated the need for societal change. It also served as a platform for public discourse on women's rights, challenging cultural norms, and demanding accountability.
0: How did Oskijan's funeral generate more conversations? around gender-based violence and women's rights in Turkey. Like, how did this event try to create some sort of change? Can you tell us a bit about that?
1: Sure. Actually, her funeral was a keystone. Her funeral triggered discussions about the need for stricter laws, improved law enforcement, and support services for victims. It also galvanized women's rights movements and it led to an increase in activism, awareness campaigns and initiatives aimed at preventing violence and supporting survivors. Also, her funeral brought about a cultural shift in how society perceives and discusses gender-based violence. It definitely challenged societal norms. It's fostered conversations about consent, toxic masculinity, and the importance of educating the younger generation on gender inequality. Jumping back to the cultural disruptions,
0: I find this to be incredibly interesting because women from her city did something that was very significant. And can you tell our listeners why culturally and religiously they took a very strong
1: stand as she was being buried? Yes, it was definitely very strong because in Islam, no matter the gender, during a funeral procession, men carry the casket of the deceased. So Azizan's case where it was very different and in her case, woman carried her as a form of protest against patriarchal norms and the fact that they didn't want men near her body since she was killed by a man. I think innately, woman had a maternal instinct to protect her even in death.
0: Do you know that if there were any comments from, say, the religious or men during this event, did they accept how women's behavior
1: or was there also backlash? I think there were some backlashes, definitely, for sure. But I think they, through the media, I remember that there were many backlashes, but so it was, again, kind of like half in half. Half of the people were really accepted this fact because I think they understood the main idea behind this as woman had maternal instinct to protect her. But also there were, as you said, really protests against this idea because they thought that it is against religious concepts of Islam. So there were different perspectives. Okay,
0: thank you for that. Can you go ahead and tell our listeners what is the current data
1: regarding the status of women in Turkey? So, based on statistics, according to a survey conducted in 2019 by Turkish Minister of Family Labor and Social Services, actually approximately 2 out of 5 women in Turkey have experienced physical or sexual violence from their partners at some point in their lives. And also, according to the We Will Stop Femicides Women's Rights Organization, there were 416 femicides in 2020 alone. This number was definitely an increase compared to the previous year, and we can all understand that it indicates a persistent problem.
0: So then, to me, this raises the question: Didn't Jen's murder teach greater society anything? And how many more women should face gender-based violence in order for this to stop? What will wake society up to this problem that doesn't seem to
1: go away? I can say that it definitely did teach us something, but unfortunately, the current statistics show that the numbers went even higher in the last years after her death. I really don't like saying that it didn't teach us anything because it breaks my heart to even think of the possibility her death and the protests were for nothing. However, it's also important to mention that the punishments under the so-called law are deterrents and there can be so many steps taken to make it stop but only so few were taken.
0: Do you know that there have been any programs addressing the root causes of gender-based violence and creating a safer environment for women in Turkey? Because obviously, shelters and online activism is kind of a bandage approach. What is something that is significantly happening or maybe it isn't happening in Turkey?
1: Can you tell us a bit about that? I really believe that it is crucial to address the root causes of violence against women, as you said, such as patriarchal norms, cultural attitudes, and systematic inequalities. I can genuinely say that efforts are being made to improve education on gender equality, promote awareness campaigns, and provide resources for victims of violence. But they were not enough yesterday, and they're not enough now. There is still a need for a comprehensive approach that includes preventing measured, for example, support services and changes in societal attitudes.
0: Yes, I believe that changes in societal attitudes is probably the biggest hurdle that is faced in Turkish society. So, I do know that from a historical perspective, that one point in history that women were insured rights. From the exception, the modern state of Republic of Turkey. Could you tell our listeners a bit about that history? Sure.
1: It's actually very important to mention the history because I think it kind of creates a baseline for in the context of our podcast. From the very beginning of our republic's history, Turkey set an impressive example for granting liberties to its people and especially women under the leadership and guidance of our founding father Atatürk. Atatürk recognized the immense potential of women and their indispensable role in the development of progressive nation. He fervently believed that a society could only flourish when its women were given equal opportunities, rights and protection. I believe since 1923 Atatürk's reforms provided many societal, economic and political rights carrying Turkey to the modern 20th century. Also, in his revolutionary reforms, Atatürk championed the cause of women's rights, aiming to create an atmosphere of inclusivity, freedom, and security. He led the way by granting women the right to vote and be elected in 1934. Even before many European nations, also, Atatürk's commitment to the education played a pivotal role in fostering a safe environment for women. He emphasized the significance of education for both genders. He ensured that women had equal access to quality education. By establishing schools and universities open to women, he definitely tore down barriers and he that previously hindered their intellectual growth. And as a result, education became a formidable tool for women to unlock their potential, pursue careers, and contribute meaningfully to society. Moreover, Atatürk's unwavering dedication to women's rights was evident in his efforts to eradicate harmful practices such as polygamy and child marriages. By outlawing such practices, he protected women from societal injustices and he ensured their safety. He ensured their well-being and dignity. Atatürk envisioned a society where women were respected as equals, free from the shackles of archaic traditions.
0: How did Atatürk attempt to dismantle a patriarchal system that had intertwined itself? With an imperial past that was linked to very strict religious
1: norms and even laws. So, under Ataturk's leadership, women were encouraged to actively participate in the workforce because he believed that economic independence was fundamental to women's empowerment. Atatürk promoted vocational training and employment opportunities for women. This emphasis of his own economic empowerment created a safe environment by providing women with financial stability, of course the ability to shape their own destinies. In addition to legal and social reforms, Atatürk recognized the importance of changing societal perceptions as well because he actively promoted gender equality through public awareness campaigns, he definitely highlighted the achievements of women in various fields and by celebrating their success challenging traditional norms he inspired the shift in societal attitudes and creating a safer space where women were acknowledged and respected for their contributions i think these are really important to understand the context as well
0: okay Thank you so much, by the way. I also want you to explain to our listeners why and how the Istanbul Convention must be put back into practice to protect women and the importance of the Charter
1: itself. Can you explain that a bit? Sure. I want to first start by saying that it should definitely must be put back into practice because it's played a crucial role in shaping legislation, policies, and support mechanisms to combat violence against women in Turkey. It's Cancellation raised concern about potential impact on the legal framework and the protection of women's rights. After the announcement of cancellation, there were protests and demonstrations across the whole country, with women's rights activists and civil society organizations expressing their opposition to the decision. Statistics show that the gender-based violence increased significantly.
0: That's incredibly discouraging news. Thank you so much today, Sarah, for highlighting these ongoing challenges and the need for comprehensive solutions for not just women in Turkey, but women worldwide. And before we conclude, do you have any final
1: thoughts to share with our listeners? Sure. Thank you so much. But before we conclude, I want to remind our listeners that Elginal story resonated deeply with us. Transcending geographical boundaries and sparking a powerful collective response. Her tragic death became a rallying cry for action, emphasizing the pressing need to address gender-based violence and to work towards creating a safer and more equal society for all. We can support organizations working to prevent violence and amplify the voices of survivors by challenging societal norms that perpetrate violence and discrimination. These are really important for not just Turkey, but for everyone to be informed and engaged in the fight against gender-based violence. I want our listeners to think about this. Who can ensure that one day, we, our mother, our sister, or our friends will not be documented on the death tracker? We can only create a safer and more equal future by coming all together. So, it was so nice to be here and it was so nice to discuss Osgechen's lands case in here. So, thank you so much.
0: Thank you too and congratulations on winning the Harvard Women's Essay Contest. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you. Ah!